Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 96 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Old Drake from Evil discusses his first band, and I recommend the Australian heavy metal band, Temptress. Before all that, I welcome Charlie Benante onto the program. Charlie is, of course, the drummer of the legendary thrash band Anthrax, who are currently celebrating their 40th anniversary as a band. However, over the last year, Charlie's been off the road, and to keep sane, he's been recording at-home covers of some of his favorite songs with friends. On May 14th, he's releasing an album of 14 of those songs called Silver Linings, which features folks from Anthrax, Death Angel, Suicidal Tendencies, Butcher Babies, Run DMC, Living Color, Testament, and many, many more. A portion of the proceeds of the release of the record is going to be donated to the Neil Castle Music Foundation, which is advocating for musical education and mental health. Charlie and I discussed this project, as well as Anthrax's Among the Living graphic novel, Rush, Motorhead, our shared love of The Simpsons, and a lot more. Now before we dive into Charlie, here's some of a cover that surprised me. It sees Charlie, Frank from Anthrax, and Mark from Death Angel taking on U2's City of Blinding Lights. I'm good. I imagine you're doing a lot of press today. Uh, today I have like maybe four, four things. That doesn't seem too bad, I guess. In the compared to some people I've talked to for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll go ahead and uh, dive in. Hold on, there. There we go. Audio's looking good. Um, so I just want to, you know, dive right into what we're we're chatting about today, which is the uh, Silver Linings album. Um. <laughs> How did you come to land on some of the songs that you took on for your YouTube channel and eventually became this album? Um, basically, it was songs from from the past, the, like childhood stuff that I've always loved, but um, I never quite had the opportunity to to attempt it. You know what I mean? Now I had um, a. I had the technology. I had the what I felt is maybe the confidence and and then some of my friends who are fellow musicians, I also felt confident enough that some of them could handle some of the, uh, the things I was going to be asking them to do. Without getting too therapist on you, uh, you've been in the game for a while yet. You were, you were like oddly nervous about it. Uh, you said something about the confidence in doing these. Well, it, it, it kind of goes back to the uh, the type of music or the, the you know the genre of music that I play. Um, a lot of people aren't so forgiving um, when you go outside of the box. But for me, I mean, ever since the early days of the band, I've always said that I don't listen to just one style. I don't just listen to heavy metal music. I listen to everything um because for me it's like i incorporate all those different moods sounds styles into what i do uh some of my drumming has jazz elements to it you know what i mean um 
so I was I never wanted to I never wanted to paint myself paint myself into a corner or the band. That's why we always took these chances here and there, you know, musical chances. So, um, you know, with this, it was like the first thing that I did was a few Rush covers. And that was because I was kind of dealing with the, the, the death of Neil Peart. Um, so it was almost natural that those would be the first ones that I would do because it was kind of a cathartic thing, you know. Did you ever get to meet Neil? I did. How how is that for you as a fan? Well, I met him when I was very young after a show and that didn't go so well. Oh, why not? But it but but it was still Neil. Um uh the story goes like this. I met him and in their their tour book or program that you would get from the show uh neil would list all of his drums you know everything that he was using on this tour and it said that he changed a lot of his of his uh, uh, uh on the instrument so i asked him if he was if he changed his old faithful speed king pedals and he told me that that was a stupid question <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh devastated me um so let's fast forward many 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 years later uh we were doing this revolver golden gods thing in in la and they were giving rush a lifetime achievement award and oddly enough neil was the one who was going to receive it so um i was uh hanging with my friend mike mike portnoy and Mike said, hey, I just heard Neil is here. And Mike had met Neil previously. So um, we went to go say hi to Neil. And we pulled the curtain and there he was sitting in this little room that was set up. And uh, we had just, the band Anthrax had just released this EP called Anthems, which was kind of like a throwback to some of our favorite songs growing up. And one of the songs happened to be uh, a song called Anthems by Rush. And Neil had heard it and gave me the thumbs up and liked it. And we had a great little conversation. And uh, that was the last time I saw him. I mean, that's still got to feel pretty good to get thumbs up from the guy who did it originally. I would be so nervous if I was in your shoes to encounter people <laughs> I've covered. I was kind of, I was nervous because I've always heard Neil could be very standoffish. Neil could be very warm and and generous and and this meeting he was warm and generous so i was so happy uh coming back to the silver linings thing um uh, uh one of the songs i'm especially fascinated with is the city of blinding lights uh cover uh you two are a band that's massive and it's hard to say they have any real deep cuts but um city of blinding lights isn't the most obvious you two song to take on what drew you to that song and um I, yeah, what drew you to that song of all U2 songs? Because that's like my favorite U2 song. So, okay. Basically, I've been a U2 fan since like 82, 83. Um, growing up in New York, there was this radio station on Long Island, WLIR. Uh, and they would play, you know, 
songs that you didn't hear on normal radio. And a lot of it was U2, The Cure, Depeche Mode, uh, things like that. And I always loved that station for, for that. It exposed me to the songs that I wouldn't necessarily hear on Top 40 radio. Um, so I could have picked any U2 song to, to, to play, but there was something about that song that always um, made me happy when I heard it and it gave me goosebumps. And when I'd go see them, and they would play that song. It was a highlight for me. Uh, it was, um, it's what music, that song is what music should do to you. It should bring you to a different place where you don't give a fuck of your surroundings and you just feel so good. And it's like a drug. And that's kind of what that song does to me. Like some of their other songs do that too. Like uh, Where the Streets Have No Names and Bad and, and songs like that. So that song, uh, I said, I want to cover this song because I, I just love it. And I asked uh, Frank, who's in, in the band, of course, uh, who's another U2 fan, and Mark from the band Death Angel, because we always bonded over things like U2. And I always heard this kind of Bono-like quality to his voice. And when I threw it out there to them, I, I may have, you know, kind of, I don't know, maybe it was outside of their comfort zone. And they just kind of rose to the occasion and fucking pulled it off. I mean, for me, the hardest part about that song was the guitar. Oh, yeah. Getting the getting the guitar to... Because it's not just one delay, it's two delays that I was um, playing with. So getting those dotted eighth notes, you know, get, getting it... In, sync i mean it was it was pretty tough but um i studied so much of the edges playing and how he plays and you know don't use the uh the front side of the pick use the back side of the pick to get that scrape and you know, all these things went into it just to make it as authentic as i possibly could you now have me looking at my picks to see like if that's the secret because I've I have a bunch of delay pedals I've tried to get that where the streets have no name jangle and I can't get it but maybe it's in the pick. It's the scrape with the pick that uh, as soon as you start doing it and you hear it it's like ah uh, that's that little that little sound those little nuances that make him or you know what he is and yeah it is the two delays that are going off. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it was difficult, but you know, once you get it, it's like, there it is. And you mentioned, uh, Rush songs being the early inspiration for this whole thing. I, I noticed there are none of the Rush songs on the album because there's going to be a like Black Friday record store day release of them. Correct. Uh, in November, we're going to put a, uh, the Rush EP out with all the Rush songs, um, which I'm really happy about because if I put the Rush songs on the Silver Linings, it would have taken up the bulk of the of uh, of the record, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted that to be its own, you know, release. And I know the the stillness of the pandemic is kind of what inspired this whole thing. But if some version of normalcy returns, do you see a version of this continuing for you and friends of yours? I mean, I can see it continuing because it, it's at the end of the day, it's fun. And at the end of the day, we are musicians, but we're also entertainers. And the amount of feedback that I got from people 
thanking me for doing this because it was a, a light in a dark day. And it's like, dude, I totally understand where you're coming from because I myself was dealing with it 24-7. When this first hit, I was glued to the TV, glued to my phone. And what is going on? Like, what, when is this going to be over? I think that's the thing that we first were questioning. And it was just that uncertainty. And we weren't getting answers from the from the current administration. Um, it was just chaos. And everybody was just acting, you know, I wouldn't say acting ridiculously, but, but yeah, you know, mail would come and you'd spray the mail down, you know, and groceries would get delivered and you'd spray all the groceries. And it was just uncertainty. And it was just like, there's, there was no answers. One day it was, it's airborne. The next day it's, Oh, it can't last on surfaces for longer than X amount. Of, so, you know, it was just like, uh, and I think it really sent everybody into a panic and this, and I almost slipped into a real deep depression over it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in the uh, being very cautious about things that come in my house. So far, so good. But I, I don't know. I feel a little, uh, what's the word? Uh, not obsessive, but definitely, I think about it too much. Still, I get um, it. Um. During this time, some musicians went, it seems like musicians went one of like three ways. They went towards live streams. They went towards doing like at home sort of cover things like uh, you were doing, or they started doing podcasts. Did you ever consider reviving Talking Coffee in uh, this new thing we're living in? I, I did. Um, but for me, it's like, I don't want to bug people <laughs> when, you know, I, I felt that. Um, maybe asking someone to play guitar or sing was a little easier than to sit down with them and discuss, uh, you know, their fears, their hopes, their, um, you know, what are we doing? Um, so I never went that route, although I did a few of those with, with, with some friends too. Um, but I also had to watch what I was saying, uh, back then because I was really irritated by what was going on in the country and, and um, the amount of just, and I'll say it, just lack of idiots out there who think they knew it all and think they knew what was going to happen and this was all, 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 all a fake and it's a hoax and all that bullshit that came along with it. And I would always say, when this was going on, when they'd say, this is a hoax by the Democrats. And I'm like, are there Democrats in Italy? Are there Democrats in Spain? Are there, you know what I mean? It's like, like what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, it was absolutely chaotic. Well, still kind of is, but you know, it's feel reined in a little bit. Oh, the adults finally, you know, took control maybe of the country. And I feel like uh, I could breathe a little easier. Yeah, totally. Have a beat because our music is soothing. We created 
related, related, can often demonstrate it But just a sucky MC make the motherfucking hate it We're rising, surprising, we can often hypnotize it We only tell the truth, but we never supervise it No girls, no brains, DJ hands still get paid Gymnastica to wrap it up, we got a rough play So Jay that was the Run DMC medley from Charlie Benante's Silver Linings album. That track featured Rob from Volbeat, Rod Diaz from Suicidal Tendencies, and DMC himself. I'll have more Charlie in just a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and I'm keeping it thrashy and including last episode's guest, Old Drake from Evil, with his first band. Um, so this, wait, there is the two answers to that, because my first band was in high school, I was on drums, uh, a guy called Luke on guitar and a guy called Max on bass. We didn't have a name for the band. We just played covers like Nirvana, Sublime, Offspring. We didn't even play any gigs. We had a few rehearsals and then that was it. Um, We didn't even break up. We just stopped doing it. (laughs) And then my first other band, it was actually at the same time as Metal Militia, which became Evile, but... I was on drums and the band was called Dwell and I'm I'm ashamed to say it was new metal (laughs) no I'm not ashamed Um, it got me gigging and it it gave me a really good sense of um, being in a band with people on drums it gave me that other perspective of being behind the kit as well as being on guitar so I'm, I'm quite grateful for that but yeah it was Dwell uh the other band what offspring songs did you guys do covers of self-esteem oh. uh what else fly for a white guy what else is there uh, uh i i couldn't i couldn't tell you i cannot okay. remember the offspring. I, I know we did a sublime song i think we said this on monday um and i forgot what the song is called again i think you um, said what i got is the song you guys did yes what i got we did that and um nirvana i think we did the i think it was territorial pissings and oh, I can't remember. It was twenty some years ago. It's all gone now. <laughs> Unleashed by Evile is out now via Napalm Records. You can pick up a copy now over at evile.bandcamp.com and hear our full chat back on episode 95. Find that at farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. And before I wrap my conversation with Charlie from Anthrax, here's a bit of my favorite Anthrax track. From State of Euphoria, here is Be All and All.
Uh, to shift gears a bit, I, I, I want to talk to you about the Among the Living uh, graphic novel that's coming out. Uh, how did the whole thing come together and how much of a hand did you, because I know you do one of the, the, the songs you're doing um, illustrations for it, but like, how did the whole thing, how did this cool idea come to be? Uh, I've been wanting to do a comic for years now. And the comic that I had in mind was the story of the the last four records, the covers were telling a story uh, in some other world, in some other dimension, whatever. And uh, But I could never get it off the ground because I would always be sidetracked with something else that was going on. So it's always been in the back of my mind. And then Josh... Uh, Bernstein, who runs Z2 Comics, contacted us about the possibility of doing a graphic novel based on the Among the Living album. And Scott and I had a meeting with him and we were like, absolutely, I think this sounds really good. Um, because the, uh, each title uh, would be a story, but it wouldn't be a story about the, the lyrics that are on the record. It would be a whole different story. I mean, some of them could be the, the lyrics like I am the law of course that story deals with Judge Dredd and yeah that's the one that I did the cover for um, and Scott wrote the story for it which is really good um, and we started getting a list together of who we wanted to be involved in it and then those people who we picked became involved in it and it was starting to become something really really cool and um I'm so honored that those people took some took the time to actually do this and dedicate their energy and uh, for, for this piece. And I think it's I mean, I have it and, and I was blown away by it, by just the way it's looking and the stories. I mean, we have everyone from Gerard and Mikey Way from My Chemical Romance to Rob Zombie to Corey Taylor. to um, And we have such amazing artists also taking part. And so it's quite an achievement uh one of the things you just said that i never noticed before it had me looking is the connection between the album covers so when you say last four are you saying from volume eight on because i i noticed the arms coming up from we come for you all and then worship music and king uh, for all kings um well yeah it's from not volume eight but it's from we come for you all but then there's another one in between it uh, like a EP called "Fight 'Em Till You Can't," which I, I mistakenly called a, an album, ah, but okay. it's not. It's a. Uh, it's another. Uh, it's another piece of art that goes along with the story. I mean, you just blew my mind. I didn't notice that that connection. Um, so I'm gonna go stare at those once we're done. Uh, <laughs> has um, re like connecting to these songs in this like newer way changed how you see any of the the lyrics or stories behind them or is this just like something else to do with them well the interpretation that other people had is is pretty fascinating to me that they didn't draw from the lyrics they they just kind of went with their own story which uh that alone is is uh is a credit to their genius, you know. Um, I love the Corey Taylor one because uh, the illustrating in there and the, the art is done in like two colors, uh, which really sets a whole tone for that one. The Rob Zombie uh, story has such great artwork in it too. And um, 
that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. I mean, it it, it robs um, just the way Rob's mind works. Like when you read his story, it's just so Rob Zombie, you know. So, um, I mean, some of the songs could have, like I said before, take been taken from the lyrics, but they weren't. Uh, the Judge Dredd story is a really good one. That's the one I, I really enjoyed too. And, and fingers crossed that this goes well and is received well. You could see yourself doing this with other albums or songs in the future. Oh, uh, we talked about that too. And uh, yeah, that's a huge possibility, especially cool. the um, Persistence of Time record. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, on the day that we're recording this, Motorhead just put out a live album, Live in Berlin from 2012. And uh, Anthrax were featured on the closing song, Overkill. Do you remember that show or that tour being anything like wild or crazy or fun or something? Uh, the only thing I remember, uh, and I hate to, to say it, but it's the thing that came up was Lemmy was in bad health at that time. Yeah. Um, and um, I remember asking my uh, asking the question, why is he up here doing this if he's in bad health? Uh, and then seeing Lemmy during those days um, just be a real champion and not wanting to let down the audience. And it was just a true testament to Lemmy and rock and roll. Um, th- that's the thing that stood out to me about him. Mm. I saw him on the American leg of that tour and the air conditioner that he had on him. I remember when they started up before their set, I was like, oh, this this bums me out. But I feel like this is also for him. So I, I understand what you're saying, I think. Mm-hmm. I saw Lemmy one of the last days at his birthday party in L.A. And uh, um, it made me really sad. Uh, when we were setting this up with uh, your folks, they reminded me of your fandom of The Simpsons. And I don't know how I forgot about that. How deep does your fandom go? Because I am a huge Simpsons person. Um, since 89, I've oh, been like a huge one. Simpsons fan <laughs> since, like, since like Tracy Ullman. Um, and then it just grew from there. Um, I will still get excited about something that comes out about the simpsons whether it be a funko pop or a really cool um episode or, or whatever it be or a cool shirt you know i still get excited over that which uh which to me is like i'm a i'm a diehard fan i'm gonna have two tattoos on my on my body of one of homer and one of crusty and uh i love it man i love going to universal and just spending an hour in that section so. <laughs> you know uh it's, they're, they're just the greatest and so many things have spawned from the simpsons that that comedic timing the the just so many things have come from the simpsons i mean as you have i'm sure you've seen in the past couple of years it's like it came from the simpsons you know and how things they're so accurate in in how the future kind of uh, lends itself from the Simpsons. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Do you still watch the newer seasons? Like, did you see the recent Morrissey one that he's really pissed about? Yeah, I did not see that one. I have it TiVo'd because I've been away here and there, mm-hmm. but, uh, I will, I'll definitely, I watched some of the episodes this past season and I like. Yeah. Uh, there was a recent season one where they like parody the end of six feet under and seeing that ending with the Simpsons characters made me very emotional. <laughs> 
And I think they still got it sometimes. Was that this, this is the past season? It was maybe a season or two ago. Uh, I, I, my, my wife and I watch Bob's Burgers, like Outpointment TV, and it was on before. So we decided just to tune in and it got me. Um, oh, wow. I have to watch that then. Uh, and what is one of your like prize Simpsons things? Cause you said you're uh, into the Funkos and you're a collector. Like what's your, if there's a fire, what's the Simpsons thing you're saving? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but oh. the guys there gave me this, uh, like, it looks like a Homer. It looks like an Oscar, like, uh, an Academy Award Oscar, but it's the shape of Homer that they only give to certain people. And they got me one. And um, and then I have a poster signed by everyone uh, involved in The Simpsons. That's one thing that I will definitely take with me. Very cool. Uh, I've been looking at like getting cells, but you've you can you've already lapped that big time. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me today. Um, I'm really looking forward to the graphic novel, and I and I have loved the Silver Linings album that I've heard. Um, and uh, you know, uh, you're get slated to play aftershock in october and if that happens i'll happily be there so uh thank you for everything all the music and yeah this meant a lot talking to you today so you have a good one man oh awesome i i really appreciate that dude and um hopefully that does play out so we'll see yeah fingers crossed like i said if it happens i'll be there it's right down the road for me so awesome all right man all right later you have a good rest of your day bye-bye Silver Linings by Charlie Benante will be out on May 14th via Megaforce Records. You can pre-order or pre-save the album now at the link in the episode's description. Then keep up with Charlie at charliebenante.com and Anthrax at anthrax.com. Now to wrap this episode, I am recommending that you check out Temptress. Temptress are a band from Australia that play a massive heavy metal sound akin to Judas Priest, Dio, and the likes. On April 30th, they released their sixth album titled Ritual Warfare via Wormhole Death Records. From that album, here is the title track in its entirety.
Ritual Warfare by Temptress is out now via Wormhole Death. You can keep up with the band and get your copy of the record over at temptress.com and follow them at facebook.com slash temptress. That's T-E-M-T-R-I-S. Then, of course, I'd like to invite you to head over to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can hit me up to be a future episode's recommendation. There's a store, past episodes, and a lot of other fun stuff. And as always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.